Hey. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, not bad, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. So it's been a while since we last made a podcast. Yeah, it certainly has. So what, uh, what's been going on? Um, just been a very stressful year at medical school, hence the sudden drop-off of the planet. I think all my friends and family and anyone in my life just, just disappeared like magic. <laughs> stopped replying to phone calls. I mean, stopped picking up phone calls, stopped replying to text messages. Never available, always busy. So you just finished your fourth year of medical school. Yeah, that's right. So how's it been? Fourth year or how am I now? <laughs> um, Bit of both. So fourth year was very, very stressful because for my course, fourth year is the most important year of the medical school course it's where our highest grades come from and we sit our finals exams so it's been very stressful and I feel like I've had a lot going on um since getting my results I am feeling pretty relaxed and I'm very happy so you know swings and roundabouts excellent so if it's the biggest year of in particular your medical school Mm. um does that mean you've had some big exams, some big finals? Yep, that's right. So for my medical school, we sit finals in fourth year. And the idea behind that is that we know our grades in fifth year already. And although it's quite stressful to sit it in fourth year, because you always feel like the extra year would make you even better. It's good for when you apply for jobs, because some people might not pass the exams and have job places and then lose the jobs. Does right, that make sense? So the, so it's almost like where you've got an unconditional offer because you already know your results. Yeah, exactly. It's like doing your that own levels sense. a year before and then yeah. just kind of... So then for fifth year, we follow the junior doctors around and we just get a bit of a practice. Okay. So the idea is when you become an F1, you know exactly what you're doing and yeah. hit the ground running. I see. So it's not just a big shock to the system. This yeah. is this is the actual job, despite mm. you've been learning something, the, the sort of theoretical side. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. At the time, I was like, oh my goodness, why are we sit them, sitting them in fourth year? Because it just feels like so much pressure. But I now, when I look back, I realise why we do sit them in fourth year. It's because when you're applying, when you're revising for the exams, you don't have time to learn about the job. So I'm really looking forward to next year to learn how to do parts of the job and I think I can kind of see everything fitting into place now. Excellent. And uh, tell me about the exams. What were they like? What did you have to do? Was it just a sit-down written exam or was it something a bit different? Um, So I did also do a sit-down written exam, but we sit those four times a year at my medical school. So we all sit the same finals exam four times a year. So um, past that, really happy about that. And... um, I also sat ISKIs and there are the clinical final exams. I think other medical schools do exams called OSCEs um, and their format's just a bit different. Right, okay. So what is the format of the ISKIs? Yeah, so you see eight patients in ISKIs and it's almost like a GP consultation. Okay. It's set up in a very similar way. Four patients are real, so they're real patients with real conditions, and four are actors who are pretending to have an emergency. Right. And you walk in like you're on placement, introduce yourself 
take the history from the patient so you have an idea of what's going on and then you'll examine them if necessary you might perform a skill so you might do a blood pressure or a urine dip or listen to their heart or their lungs depending on what's going on and after you're finished with the patient you then have to construct a plan of what you would do if you were the first doctor to see the patient in a hospital okay and then you have to present it to your examiner so it's quite stressful i see and i suppose the big question did you pass yeah um so i have just got my results and yeah i passed and i passed quite well so i'm very happy with that congratulations Mm, thank you (laughs) um so obviously you sat the exams Mm. it was a period of time and then you got your results yeah what was that period of time like and how long was it and yeah um so it was two weeks from when I sat the exam until I got the results and it felt like such a long time I bet yeah counted every minute pretty much and in fact I actually got the date wrong so I thought the exam results were coming out the day before they're actually coming out oh nightmare yeah so that was a bit disappointing when I realized so how did you cope with that what did you do did you um you know did you sort of sit there and just wait or did you get other stuff done how did how did you feel during that time yeah um if I'm honest I was actually very sleepless in the beginning um I just couldn't fall asleep and then once I fell asleep I'd wake up really suddenly I just kept having flashbacks of the exams and the things that I'd done and the things that I'd said for some reason and I think this happens to a lot of people where you walk into an exam and you just start saying stupid stuff that would never normally come out of your mouth not anything weird but you just start phrasing things weird yeah or you know exactly what you need to do and you might forget something that's quite important or you just in the moment you're trying to do it and it comes out a different way as you're doing the task and I personally was like oh my goodness what am I doing (laughs) but um so that kind of haunted me for a couple of days and luckily I have hay fever so I took my antihistamines before I went to bed and they started to knock me out so a little bit of self-medicating without not in like a harmful way, I actually needed the antihistamine. Yes, <laughs> but um, that started to help me sleep again. And then after a couple of days, I started to accept that there was nothing I could do and I just had to wait and see what the examiner said. So, yeah. Okay. So you felt like you coped okay after a couple of days, but before that it was a bit of a sort of a worrying time. Yeah, and then I kept having moments where it was almost like I was being stabbed with anxiety randomly. So I'd just be, I don't know, watching TV. And then my brain would go, hey, exam results are soon. And I'd be like, oh my goodness, I'm really worried. So it kept coming back and forth. But in general, I was fine. But um, I think my advice would be just to keep yourself busy. Because at the end of the day, there's nothing you can do. You can be really worried. But it's done. And all you can do from now is move forwards and also, just wait for your exam result. Excellent. That's, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's exactly spot on, really. And, and I think that's sort of general advice that you can give for anybody who's going, waiting for exams. Mm. I, I obviously haven't, uh, I'm not, haven't been to medical school, but I have sat exams and waited for results. And uh, the best thing you can do is just get on with your life and, um, and not worry too much. Because like you say, there's nothing you can do once the, exam, the exams have been sat. So... Yeah. Is there any other advice you'd give to any... So, I, I mean, at the moment, there's the A-level students 
will probably have their results in about a month's time. Yeah, that's right. So any any sort of other advice you'd give to them? About? About waiting for exam results. Um, I think just keep busy and enjoy your free time. Um, yeah, that's it really. Yeah, I noticed you'd um, you'd made a bucket list of things you wanted to do this summer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, since I had my exam, I... So, that's been a couple of weeks. It's been about two or three weeks since I sat my exam. And in that time, I just felt really tired because I'd been working so hard and I'd been quite stressed. Um, so, I was spending my days going to the beach, meeting my friends, going for coffee in sunbathing and that was literally all I was doing I was not being very productive and there was this the weather's been really nice as well which has helped me laze around a bit and there's this one day where I was laying in my garden sunbathing and I thought "Mm, I'm wasting my time because you don't get as many long summers when you're working so this is probably one of my last summer holidays and I was like I'm just not using my time productively so I made a bucket list of all the things I'd like to do this summer and you can actually find it on Instagram on a Medics Day UK. Um, but a few of the things my bucket list are to build a fire pit, which I've done already. Um, to travel to a new country, which I've got planned for the end of the summer. Go wild berry picking and um, go on a road trip. Cool. That sounds good. So um, just a bit of a list to get yourself motivated into doing some different things that you might not normally do. Yeah, because before, oh, the other thing I was doing is I was literally just watching Netflix. you gotta, you got to love a bit of Netflix in your time off. I do love it, but at the end I just feel really tired and hours have gone by and yeah. didn't even feel it. <laughs> That's it. So obviously in a month's time the A-level students will get their results, quite a few of them particularly ones who are listening to this podcast, I can imagine, are looking to go to med school. So what advice would you give them, um, for example, if they hadn't got the results that they wanted? Um, So that actually happened to me, not going to med school, but before when I left school, because I did a degree before coming to medical school. I didn't get the results I wanted. So I, from my experience, I'd say you've just got to have a day of feeling sad and allow yourself to feel that because you're going to be really disappointed. And the next day, wake up fresh and you've just got to make a plan and move forwards because, you know, what's done's done. You can appeal the exams and I think it takes a while to prevent yourself being in that position. So if I could go back to that time, I would have a plan B waiting. So I would be able to say, my plan A is this, and my plan B is this. So if plan A doesn't work out, it's fine, because I'm happy with plan B. But I didn't give myself that safety net. I just had a plan A, and then it didn't really work out. And I just felt really lost, and I didn't know what to do moving forwards. Because out of my family, I'm the oldest child, so I didn't have an older brother or sister to help me through the process. And UCAS can be very overwhelming. And although my dad did go to university, he was a foreign student applicant, so the process was different. And they didn't really have the internet back then. So it was very, very overwhelming. So I'd just say it's always good to have a plan B. And worst case scenario, you don't need to use plan B, just use your plan A. (laughs) So then, and again, that's another good use of your... um the time in waiting between taking the exam and getting the result I guess yeah definitely so definitely. so that's that's you you've covered the bad result yeah. what about if you get a good result because 
um, I suppose a large amount of people will be getting good results. And uh, and what what would you suggest in doing in in that scenario? Um, so it's really good that you've got a good result. So I think you need to celebrate it and reward yourself. So um, do something you enjoy. This year, when I got my good results, I went to. Um, a place next to the sea and had some drinks with my friends and Delilah, my shih tzu, and just had a really good day and relaxed. And, you know, it's a bit of positive reinforcement for your body and mind as well, because you're rewarding yourself for your success. Um, I have a pet hate though with getting a good exam result. Now I definitely think there's a positive part to posting online about your good exam results because, you know, you have achieved it and it's good to celebrate it. But I think it's always important to be mindful when you're posting that post, if you feel the need, is to think about some of your friends or some of your acquaintances on online might, might not necessarily have the exam result that they need or want. And right. there'll be some disappointed people. And it's just being sensitive to that. Yeah, so, so a level of sensitivity towards people who haven't necessarily got the results they wanted. Yeah, yeah. So this year, I actively chose not to post anything. I just didn't really feel the need, and I didn't feel like anyone cared, you know? (laughs) I'm sure they did, but yeah, I get your point. Yeah, it just felt like a a bit of an unnecessary post. I didn't post anything. Anyway, I got literally hundreds of messages asking if I passed, because we have a graph that shows how many people have failed. So we knew six people in my year had failed. And there is a reset because I hadn't posted. Everyone thought you'd failed. Yeah, they thought it was me. (laughs) And everyone was was messaging me like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, how did your exams go? And I was like, fine. And then they literally would reply with, what do you mean? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to next year. So it caused a bit of confusion not posting. But I was just trying to be sensitive because I knew some of my friends hadn't. And I didn't. You didn't want to rub it in almost. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's also important to celebrate your successes. But... I personally just like to be a bit more sensitive to the people that haven't been successful. So how, okay then, so some of your friends possibly have failed or at least some people in your year, how would you, how do you go about supporting them? What would you, what would you do in order to make them sort of feel a little more, you know, at ease with what's happened? Yeah. So a lot of my friends haven't always passed exams and that's just because of the way I'm examined at medical school we're all ranked against each other. So it means the bottom 10%, roughly, always fail. So I've known a lot of people to have not passed exams. And it's just um, being a friend to them, having a chat, how are they feeling, just supporting them, um, and offering any help you can. So you could offer to study with them or find out which parts that they were advised to improve. I definitely think it's worth doing that before the actual exam. If you revise with someone, you're a team and you only really have to do 50% of the work. Yes. Yeah, I yes, always did cover that. More, cover more um, ground. Yeah, I always did that in school. If there was like a few tricky topics, we'd get into a group and we'd each study that difficult topic. So we were the expert. And then we'd just teach each other and they'll simplify it for you and give you the top tips. And that works if you're a good team. Sounds good to me. Yeah. At the end of each... A Medics Day podcast, we like to bust a myth. And this week's bust a myth is that you cannot graduate and become a doctor if you get consistently low grades. Is it true? Nope, that's false. Um, Providing you hit the pass mark at medical school, um, that's sufficient 
to pass all the way through. I think at high school, you need to get really high grades to be able to get into medical school. But actually, you just need to get through the pass marks. I think we forget that. We, in the bubble of medical school, we all get really hung up and trying to get the highest grades. We're all quite motivated and high-achieving people. But so long as you're hitting the pass mark, actually, in the future, people probably won't really care about the numbers that you got on each particular exam. You yeah. just need to be considered safe and sufficient. Okay. And then, I mean, would you recommend then the, the ideal being instead of uh, trying to hit high grades, thinking about what sort of doctor you're going to be and how you can become a good doctor rather than focusing on getting good marks? I think both are important. You want to have as much knowledge as you possibly can and be able to maintain that throughout your life. There's no point holding it into the exam and getting a great mark because one day you'll be the doctor and there might not necessarily be someone immediately to ask for help. So you want to have the best knowledge possible. But also, there's more to being a doctor than knowledge. So you're right. It's all about communication skills, being person-centered, and trying your best to be the best doctor for your patients. So, yeah. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Yeah. It's been uh, really insightful. So, yeah. thank you. And good luck to everyone getting their results regardless of a levels or medical school or your degree i'm sure everyone will do amazing yeah good luck guys yeah. take care bye See you next time